If you're good at something, never do it for free. You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. I bother you. <laughs> Welcome back. We are the Podfellas. Our show provides film and TV reviews from two guys that make, watch, and love movies. I'm Myron, and of course, joining me each week is Will. Of course, me. Each week. Every day. 24-7. 365. <laughs> Way too much Will cool. for me. Just kidding. <laughs> not enough Will. Like not it. enough Will. Today is what I like to call our, our horror movie episode. I don't believe we've actually reviewed a horror movie yet. And today we're actually reviewing two. Uh, one is definitely a horror movie. And the other one can be considered maybe horrific, depending on how you look at it. But uh, we're going to start things out by reviewing the film The Rental. And we will also be kicking off our Movies We Miss series uh, with a review of the film Hereditary. And joining us today is a very special guest, Mike Salvino, the host of the podcast, Moonshine with Monsters. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Thanks for having me. Myron, I hope I'm not too much Mike for you. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Too much Mike? It's not enough Mike. (laughs) More Mike. More Mike, less Will. More Mike on the mic? Yes, that's two mics. Mike (laughs) squared. Mike on the mic. (laughs) Anyway, uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast. What do you uh, review? What's it like? And what can we expect on Moonshine with Monsters? Yeah, so uh, each month it's a themed uh, horror series. So if the month is like a werewolf month, it'll be four werewolf movies that we'll discuss. And then each one of those movies has a themed alcohol beverage to go with it. So for today, actually, I'm, I actually am drinking one uh, themed with one of the movies that we're going to be discussing. Ooh, oh, what are you drinking? So what? So uh, I am drinking a hot toddy. Yeah, so for those who don't know, it's... Um, Basically, tea, honey, lemon juice, and a little bit of good old bourbon. Oh, that sounds good. so good. Well, you know, I always add a little double, right? You always got yeah. it. Yeah, Myron usually puts in triple. Yeah, I, I have a heavy triple. hand. <laughs> he has a very heavy yeah. hand. It's so heavy. Yes. It just always fills to the top. You don't know how it gets there, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, now, are you pairing this with the rental or hereditary, would you say? Hereditary. Hereditary. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, yeah. that's good. So if you had yeah. to pair a drink with the rental, what would it be? <laughs> okay, oh, so gosh. I don't I was trying to think this. I was like <laughs> straight vodka. Well, that or I was like, do I just make like an ecstasy drink and just drink that and go on? <laughs> I was gonna just really watered down yeah. like a <laughs> just, just vodka with water. Cup. Yeah, a whole like coffee mug full of vodka, and then like you just drop an ecstasy in there, and then see where the night takes us. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of dancing. It's an inside <laughs> joke there. Yeah. All right, but oh man. But first things first. Let's get started with our rundown on the latest in entertainment news. All right, so. Uh, Not a lot to discuss this week, but I do want to talk about Tenet. So this movie has been delayed and delayed and delayed, but apparently they are forging ahead uh, regardless of uh, what is happening with COVID and the uh, pandemic. So tickets go on sale August 21st, which is just in a couple of days, and it looks like it's still opening on September 3rd. So apparently Warner Brothers is making quite a few demands from the theaters uh, that this movie will be played in. And I, I believe some of this is pretty normal for blockbusters, but... But it gets pretty crazy. Uh, for example, uh, Tenet must have the largest non-IMAX screen each week until otherwise agreed. And then one of the other like rules is uh, the more screens that show the movie, the longer that it's supposed to play on those screens. For example, if a movie theater has nine plus screens playing Tenet, it must play on the screens for a minimum of 12 weeks. Wow. Yeah, that's insane. Huh. 
But if you think about it, there's nothing else playing, right? It'll probably play like That's the true. entire rest of the year, I'm thinking. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I even know how much of a cut that the uh, theaters are really going to get out of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's the only film playing. Yeah. So I don't know who would have the leverage here. I mean, Warner Brothers and, you know, Nolan has been uh, notorious for basically saying, I want my movies in theaters. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I wonder if Warner Brothers would have even released it in theaters had Nolan, you know, had he not been such a you know stalwart for uh, playing his movies where he thinks they need to be played. But I just wanted to pick your guys' uh, brains a little bit. Are you guys going to watch this in a theater? Are you looking forward to it? And do you think it'll be a success? Do you think it'll fill up nine plus screens at multiplexes for 12 straight weeks? Well, when you say fill up nine plus screens... I don't. I mean, is there any detail yet of how how many people can like go into each screening? You know what I mean. That's, is it every other chair? Is it every? They're keeping every other it. Two chairs? They're keeping it pretty vague. So I, I'm sure there aren't even any specific rules set. Interesting. Um, I, go on, Mike. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, as far as seeing it in theaters, I mean, this is a, like. I have kind of lost the aspect of going to the theaters now. To be honest. Mm. Um, mm. and so, you know, just for a movie like this, I'm not going to go out and, uh, go and sit in a theater anymore. Like I don't have the same experience for a movie that is just so, so to me, I don't really have a desire to see it. I'll see it, but I'm not in any rush to see it. And as far as selling out, I do not see that happening mm. at all. Do you think it's, wow. do you think it's because of the type of movie or just because people are so, are still scared because of the pandemic? Uh, I think it has more to do with the pandemic in my point of view. Mm -hmm. I mean, people, I mean, yeah, it's going to be a good movie, I would say, but is it a movie? It's like going to be the movie of the year that everyone wants to go rush out and see. I don't think so. Mm. Oh, interesting. interesting. Let me ask you this. You were saying how, you know, you're not in a big rush to see in the theater. Do you think that theaters will ever recover from the pandemic do you think people have just gotten so comfortable with seeing big movies at home that it, it, it'll it never be the same what, what are your thoughts yeah yeah because i think be even before the pandemic happened the movie theater wasn't really thriving i mean w they had to start serving alcohol you know just they had to keep accommodating people to come and see these movies and i think this just hurt them even more yeah it's a good point though Good point. Yeah, I'm pretty much there with you, Mike. I think that theaters are going to start really slimming down and and just everyone's going to be getting more into the whole on-demand streaming. Um, and I think we discussed this too, Myron, that, you know, it's going to be more like for, for uh, movie theaters like IMAX, something special, yeah. you know, special screen. Event movies, yeah. And I'm okay with that. Um but I do. I, I still think Tenet, though. I still believe that it's actually going to do pretty well. I think there's going to be a lot of yeah. people wanting to see it in theaters. That's my that's my guess and my take. Yeah, yeah. My wife is uh, expecting currently, and she's been pretty paranoid about you know when we go out, who we go to see. It's been kind of frustrating. But even with through all that, she's all like, "Yeah, I'll watch Tenet in a the theater." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Okay." <laughs> so. Uh, you know, I, I'm definitely going to be watching this one in a movie theater because I'm such a huge Christopher Nolan fan. I mentioned it on the podcast before that our son's middle name is actually named after Christopher Nolan, <laughs> Miles Nolan Kim. But uh, I, I'm excited. Yeah, dedicated. Yeah, I'm excited. So I actually really want to see. It's kind of like uh, we talked about this last week, Mulan and 
Tenet were supposed to, mm. as a team, bring people back to the theaters. And now it's Mulan versus Tenet. They're they're opening against each other the same weekend. I'm excited to see, um, you know, which movie has more viewers that first weekend. But uh, time will tell. It's exciting. I wouldn't be surprised if this was actually like something done by them to kind of see. Oh yeah, like let's just have Mulan on video demand. And we'll see how it does up against Tenet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's try that. Let's see what mo- what which one brings in more money. Yeah, I totally believe that they talked about that, like with Christopher Nolan yeah. and whatnot. My, <laughs> so it's you, all conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you guys think now, depending on which movie has more success, will dictate how the viewership of movies is? Yes, now? absolutely, I so. absolutely. I mean, 100%. we ran some math last week. Right now, there are sixty million Disney Plus subscribers, and given the fact that, of course, there are many that are borrowing people's accounts, and if people do watch Mulan, that they may go to see see it at their friends' houses and not pay thirty dollars themselves to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. A, a good estimation, let's say, is if half of the Disney Plus subscribers pay thirty bucks to watch Mulan, that's nine hundred million dollars already, and the theaters get no cut of that. So yep. they would be making yep. more with, through this method of distribution than, let's say, Tenant with making a billion dollars. But of course, you know, Warner Brothers would have to pay the theaters their cut. So I think Mulan wins this head-to-head mm-hmm. matchup. It'll be fun to yep. see. Real quick, uh, what are you guys' thoughts on the thirty-dollar price for Mulan? I think it's it's I think it's very strategically priced because uh, yeah. you know all movies like Trolls and all everything else that came straight to King of Staten Island everything that came to on demand was priced at twenty, so they're saying you know this is a huge blockbuster movie you get to watch it in your home and not only that but you get to own this movie for as long as you have a Disney Plus account with us so I think uh, charging ten extra dollars is perfect it's very strategic and I think they're gonna succeed. Personally. Yeah, and I think I they've mean, already leveraged yeah, yeah. with like the audiences and say like their family, family members, friends, and whatnot. Like if me, if me and you, Mike, say, "Oh, let's go watch ten or watch Mulan at Myron's house," it's like split the thirty bucks. You know, just ten bucks each, which is a well, yeah. And especially like the way I look at it is like a regular family of four having to take your family to movies. Yep, you're saving money and you're staying home. Yes, so exactly. I can stay in my pajamas and save money and watch a cool movie completely. And then you can build your own concession stand in your own home. So uh, don't perfect. get me going. I'll break. <laughs> I'll break the bank. Yeah. All right. Look at future episodes. Next week we will be reviewing the film An American Pickle, starring Seth Rogen, and we'll be pairing that up with the film called I Used to Go Here, starring Jillian Jacobs. The week after we will be reviewing uh, Project Power, which just came out on Netflix. It's about a uh, pill that gives its users unpredictable superpowers for five minutes. Uh, this pill hits the streets of New Orleans and a teenage drug dealer and a local cop must team with an ex-soldier to take down the group responsible for its creation. Starring Jamie Foxx, Joe Gordon-Levitt. Uh, looks to be pretty fun. We'll be reviewing that the week after An American Pickle. And then after that, we are full force into September. So we will be reviewing Tenet and Mulan together in the same episode. And uh, the week after that, we will be reviewing the film Bill and Ted Face the Music. So lots of good content, lots of good reviews coming Mm. your way. It's going to be really, really fun. Any thoughts, comments, suggestions, or reviews of our content, drop us a line at thepodfellaspodcast at gmail.com. And please tell your friends about us. Our podcast can be found on the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And now, unfortunately, (laughs) it's time... (laughs) for our review of The Rental. Here's a look at the trailer.
Let me show you out back, and then I'll get out of your hair. The stars are insane out here. I should have brought the telescope. What do you need a telescope in the city for? Unless you're like a peeping Tom or something. That was the trailer for the film, The Rental. It's about two couples. They rent a vacation home for what should be a celebratory weekend getaway. So I guess it's time to talk about what we liked about this film and maybe even go through our favorite moments. So we would love it. I think if you would do us the honors of starting, Mike. Yeah. All right. I'll give it a start. (laughs) So... When I watched this movie, I felt it was like four different types of movies thrown into one movie. I don't know if you felt that at all. So it starts like a uh, relationship kind of movie with drama. Mm -hmm. And then we get a little bit of thrilling. And then it kind of, I know what you did last summer. And Mm -hmm. then a slasher ending. So I was very confused of (laughs) the pace and everything. So that just threw me off the deep end okay got it uh, i agree it felt like the director <laughs> did not know what he wanted this movie to be well also and since it was with dame dave franco um directing it uh there was a moment where i was just i didn't know if it was supposed to be funny but i couldn't <laughs> stop laughing me too there was a moment do you, yep. do you, i think it's the same part yeah so I was like, was that supposed to be there? Was that Dave Franco? You know, him being like, I'm just going to throw this little piece of comedy yeah. in here. Um, You're talking about when they're disposing of a yes. dead body. Yeah. I was dying. The, the boulder was, I lost it yeah. at the boulder yeah. part. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just the thud. Yeah. Got me. Um, one of the things I really did like um, was Allison Brie. Uh, I originally saw her from Community, mm. and um, she's, you know, for her to play this kind of role um, in a more kind of serious uh, type of role. And then I think she was just in, um, what was the film? Oh, Horse Girl. That was oh, yeah. It. Yeah. So she's been really, like, dynamic with her acting, and I thought she did a really good job in this. Um, mm-hmm. There was the main actor, Charlie, I just couldn't stand. Mm. Um 
uh, I don't know if it was his character and if he was supposed to be doing like a character that we weren't supposed to like, man, he did a great job at it because I just couldn't stand him. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but other than Alison Brie, I didn't really care for, like, I had no empathy for the characters. I could care less what happened to them. Yeah, um, fully agree. That was, that was my kind of take on it. So I guess to wrap it all up, uh, no empathy for the characters except for Alison Brie, just because I got a little, you know, heart for her. Um, the pace was just off for me. It felt like too many different things were happening. And then once the ending happened, the things that happened in the beginning just didn't make, didn't mean anything at all. So mm-hmm. got it. Got that's, it. That's kind of my take on it. <laughs> I, I think we pretty much agree with you. Why don't you go for it next? Will? Dude. Okay. And it's also funny, like with Alison Brie, you know, um, she's also in the Netflix show, uh, glow. glow. Yeah. And, uh, she's actually really good in that too. Yeah. Oh, I got to check that out. Yeah. 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 Um, so, Gosh, what I liked. You know, this is Dave Franco's Dave Franco's full length directorial debut. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I'm gonna dig as much as I can about what I liked about the film. <laughs> the cast was okay. I agree with you. Allison Brie was phenomenal. She's always um, great to watch. And and but other than that, I think everyone did work well together, and, and the chemistry, you know, was there between the actors. Uh, cinematography was fine. Editing was okay. Uh, like I said, I'm really looking hard for good things here. Sorry. <laughs> the, the, the plot twist, you know, it, with the hidden cameras, like was probably the most interesting, like obviously towards the end. But then again, like it's just, I don't know. It wasn't your regular horror plot twist, at least to my knowledge, but it gave off the impression like the situation, like the group is in very much a realistic and, in a realistic situation that can actually happen. You know what I mean? Cause actually when I, after I watched the whole hidden cameras thing, I, I actually looked up, does Airbnb like do anything like that? Like, Hey, no offense to Airbnb. But I'm just saying like, do I looked it up in their policy? And they actually said that, that Airbnb uh, hosts can set up hidden cameras, but they have to let the guests know that there's like in common areas, like indoors. I was like, what the frick? So just a sign that's like hidden camera in the shower. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. Seriously, you know. So I was like, okay, this is this can this does happen. So yeah, I uh, heard of a story actually. Um, it's uh, my neighbor's uh, sister was renting a house out on Airbnb, and uh, one of the tenants came and brought their uh, dog, and they weren't supposed to. It's because they had a camera set up outside. So. I mean, that's oh. understandable, right? It's yeah. like yeah. you're just protecting your property. Out, yeah, right. outside cameras, yeah. totally fine. And showers, it. that's totally fine too, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they let you know about it at yeah. least, right? Yeah. <laughs> Toilets, in the extra you know, fine in print. the toilet, who knows? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that that's what I I get it too. But I get the other side, like you're saying, Myron, like, you know, you just try to protect your property. Mm. And I can understand that. It's just, I guess for a host you know that's what you're signing on to so i think that that's that's it is what it is i guess to my to, to for me to say that yeah <laughs> what about you myron what did you like well i thought it was a great premise uh and it was a beautiful house um <laughs> oh, and man, I know. it was what i thought <laughs> was a well-rounded was cast <laughs> like if they just took a photo of the cast members together and 
you know, I saw that photo, I would think, oh, yeah, that's a good cast. That's that's a well-rounded cast. You got Alison Brie. You got the guy that played the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. You have someone that's not, you know, fully Caucasian. And you have the, the dude from Shameless. Uh, that's, that's a pretty cool, like, independent, low-budget thriller type cast. And then they start acting and they start interacting and as it's not really on them i think it's more the story and it just kind of uh falls a little flat for me but we'll talk about that a little bit later um i was prepared for a psychological thriller and you know a really cool reveal but it didn't happen i don't know if they thought that the reveal that they showed if that would be more creepy and unnerving um but it just didn't do it for me unfortunately and i think the movie if i had to uh summarize it it's exactly like that scene when they first arrive and uh, uh two of the uh new tenants uh josh and mina they go downstairs under the house and they see a locked door and oh, that's yeah, kind that's of right. that's kind of and then later they get into that room and we see what's there i'm not gonna see say what's what's in there but it's a little bit uh disappointing i would say yeah. that that room is a microcosm of the movie a whole lot of buildup. And you're yes. expecting something amazing, but once you see what the movie's about, and once you see what's inside the the locked room, same thing. It's very disappointing. So that was that was a perfect analogy right there. Yeah, yeah. that was perfect. Um, I actually was going to give this a higher rating, but when I realized there's nothing good that I could say that I liked about the movie, I actually <laughs> dropped it. The one thing I like is that the dog lived. Uh, maybe I'm giving a little too much away, but Whoa. in movies like this, the dog usually <laughs> dies. But I will yep. say this. The dog made it. That's pretty mm. much it. I was happy about that. Nice. nice. Now, on to the oh, weak yeah. points. Let's go back to you, Mike. The what? I'm sorry. The what points? The weak points and what you didn't what like. You didn't like. Get a nice stretch going on, Mike. Ready to unload. I mean, all right. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I. I just felt like there was no, like. It just didn't feel real to me. I should say, like when the when you're saying like the people are interacting, I just couldn't buy it, you know. And then there, the pacing was just off for me. It's like we're here. We're here, and then it like jumps to a, a totally different um, type of mood, and then we're only there for a little bit, and then a whole different type of thing. So it's like pacing super slow, and then it's like hit, 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 and it's like whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute, what just happened? Yeah. And now, <laughs> with when the twist happens, like I said, everything that happened earlier was just pointless. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, none. Okay, so nothing nothing mattered yeah. at that point i definitely left it and i was just uh i was speechless to be honest with you were you expecting the reveal to somehow be tied to the characters and Cast. their relationships with each other 100 percent. yeah yeah that's well and that's why i thought this whole build-up from the beginning was going to mean so much more than it actually did mm. so mm. when it yeah. left me and then you know, not to give anything away, but when they show the credits and it's kind of like, oh, this is like how it happens. I was just, I didn't care at that point. I was. I kind of creeped me empty. out. It kind of, it kind of creeped me out because then I thought, okay, this is actually possible though, too. So. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I will say that, but when you, when you watch a movie and you want resolution and you yeah. want something more and i'm left with that at that point i could just care less <laughs> okay yeah yeah agree agree so that 
that was like my biggest thing. You know, when I watch a film like and there's going to be a twist when the twist doesn't hit me right, then it's just, okay, I just wasted yeah. an hour and a half and seven dollars actually <laughs> that's one good thing it was short it didn't take it too much time for me oh it, oh it was short but it felt so effing long i'm yeah. sorry yeah. it did it did so but knowing that but when it takes so long leave me with a good twist at the end yeah that's the hope i don't i don't mind watching a long movie but leave me with something good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how about you Will? Uh, oh man I, like I said, this film took so long to build. Like it didn't have any real horror or thrills until like the last twenty minutes. Like you mm-hmm. said, Mike, it was just like, oh, okay, here's this. Okay, we jump into that. Okay, and all of a sudden, bang, bang, bang. You're like, what the frick? Like what? What just happened? Yeah, yeah. It felt like I was watching. I felt like I was watching like a two and a half hour. I felt like I was watching. Was it uh, the Irishman? You know, but <laughs> it, it, but it's just. This is an hour and 28 minute film. Holy crap. Um, typical and predictable plot points relating to issues, you know, within the friend group, right? I think that you either have the one friend who's weird and finds himself going along for the ride or someone is cheating on a significant other. Obviously, this was the latter in this like uh, mm-hmm. film. Um, I, I understand how Franco tried to focus on the potential killer. You know, when Mina, uh, the one that is Middle Eastern, the home manager, Taylor, had a confrontation. But I felt forced, right? And I think Taylor's attitude uh, would have turned me off and had me cancel the stay right there. I would have been like, I'm not, st- <laughs> I'm not staying here. This is, what kind of professionalism is this? I'm gone. Like, I'm done. I'm looking for yeah. a hotel. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Allen White, dude. I, who played Josh, Ugh. he, he was so annoying i don't know why like his character felt so forced and over the top when it came to like any confrontations he had and when he lost his dog like oh yeah when he just went full freak out he went full (laughs) yeah like i said it was like pace or or you're just like pace jump to one scene and then all of a sudden freak out you're just like where did this personality where did this attitude come out of nowhere so and he freaks yeah. out again later and i'm just like what are you doing like yeah. what's going on <laughs> yeah and then people were like it's not your fault it's me it's like nah it's it's his no, fault it's definitely <laughs> it's him <laughs> it's, it's yep he's the one to blame for yeah. sure for sure I, Gosh. for for as much as you didn't like him that was my feeling with charlie uh, from mm. the opening scene i was like this guy is just a doucher to me <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious oh man what about you myron all right. Well, first off, I thought the exposition was really bad at the beginning. We are, it's told to us the relationship um, and the dynamics between each of the characters. Like we learned that uh, Charlie uh, thinks his brother Josh is kind of a deadbeat and needs to get his butt together, or get his act together. That is um, a lot of dialogue <laughs> that explained the relationships rather than letting yeah. us discover it and see it for ourselves. The characters were poorly written. I didn't like any of the characters, uh, but mm. that's not to say I, I actually like them all as actors. I've seen them as you know play good parts in another uh, piece, in other whether it's film or TV. Um, here, I didn't like them, and it's not because they did a bad job, but I thought that uh, they were defined by their relationships to each other, not by characteristics. Other than the fact that you could say Josh is angry. But it's like, who is Josh? Josh is, angry. Josh is Josh angry. Charlie's We're brother. Dog. Like, who is Josh Michelle? 
and it's like Michelle is Charlie's wife. Who is Mina? Mina works with Charlie, and Mina is Josh's girlfriend. Like beyond that, I had a very hard time um, yeah. understanding if there was any depth to these characters. It was as if they were like puppets in a puppet show, uh, and we were just waiting around to get to the big scary ending, or if they were like pieces on a chessboard being manipulated by the director. It didn't seem like they were living real lives, and even when um. Charlie and Mina, uh, we learn that they're co-workers and that they're, uh, they have a certain creative chemistry with one another. Um, and uh, when they talk about their job, it's as if they're talking about a fake job that isn't real, that they just mm. cooked up some vague uh, things to talk about through dialogue. And we're supposed to believe that they are like some awesome, like entrepreneurial uh, leaders of this cool startup company. I, I didn't get it. I didn't buy it, unfortunately. So- Going off of that, yeah, and it could have just me. What did they do? Like, what was their business? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like they talk about, it and they're like, "I just love your creativity." I'm like, "For a what? Cool. Like what? <laughs> you just you bought just, a building? Whenever I work, you make me want to be a better person. <laughs> yeah. But what are you working on? But what are you doing? What yeah. are you working on? Even when think- like they said they uh, we're going to rent this house so we can get away before we really have to start working hard. And we're like, why did they get like funding? Did they get like a yeah. grant or what is it for? Is it an internet company? Um, Do you have a Kickstarter? Can I look it up? Yeah. What's going on here? Give me exactly. something. I think literally Franco was, I think, maybe more focused and obsessed with the concept of, you know, what the whole film was entailing. And just kind of left everything else. Like, just let's build. I just need something to fill in to get to this concept because it's such a crazy, creepy concept. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's that's great and all, and I get it. But, dude, you still have to have substance with everything that you're building it up to. You can't just be like throwing in, oh yeah, here's a no name company. We don't know what they did, but it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) oh, here's a here's a relationship that's 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 trickling and just like falling apart but hey yeah let's get to the twist. let's get to the yeah. scares yeah yeah totally. let's get to the thrills and then when it happens yeah. it happens in a matter of five minutes yeah. yes yes and then Literally, it's completely the film. Yeah, and, yeah and then their relationships had nothing to do with it which i like, thought was really bad that was my <laughs> hugest thing i could not i was and the way like the the killer uh no spoilers but the things he does at the in the last five minutes, when yeah. he's, I'm just yeah. like, why, <laughs> why, why are you doing that? If your point is to kill him, why are you doing these things? Like that is, <laughs> it just made no. Uh, yeah, completely. I'm getting upset now. <laughs> the more I talk about it, the more I realize I did not like yeah. it. <laughs> and you know, the last couple of things I didn't like were, uh, you know, there were some laugh out loud moments that were supposed to come off as suspenseful, but I found myself cracking up and wanting to rewind it to watch it again so I could laugh even harder the, yeah. the second time. Uh, and I, I think we are all in agreement as to which scene we were talking about there. Yeah. And going off of what you said, Mike, there's a whole lot of lead up to nothing in particular. The reveal was extremely disappointing. And I didn't know if they thought it was supposed to be unnerving and creepy and make us not want to book Airbnbs in the future, but it had yeah. no effect on me whatsoever. So, exactly. That's I my just thoughts. I just Airbnb. Yeah. I didn't get filmed. <laughs> you might have. Okay, I'm so tired of this film. Let's just give this freaking film a rating. Okay. Yeah. All right, Mike. What's your rating? I gave it a two. <laughs> okay. Got it. I, Solid. yeah. Need I say more? <laughs> Uh, man, I, I think I, get, I think yeah. your rating stands. I think we, we are in agreement with you, Mike. <laughs> How about you, Will? I, I gave it a two as well. Nothing special for a suspense thriller. Only the last twenty minutes had that. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I give it one and a half. I had it at two, <laughs> but then I realized I couldn't say what I liked about the movie. If uh, I, I'm literally saying, "Oh, the house is nice," and it's just like, okay, if if the only thing good about the movie is like the house <laughs> and the potential, yes. then then it needs to be a little bit lower. Um, yeah, it was a good premise and a couple of good moments, but ultimately, it's like the locker room underneath the house. Just like I mentioned, they both promised something and they just didn't deliver on it. This movie is definitely just a rental. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, <laughs> but not but not a seven dollar rental no it's like a, <laughs> the 99 cents on itunes variety rental this will be this will be in the dollar store one day yeah <laughs> you know what's weird about this movie is it got a 74 on rotten tomato and no, i'm very confused about that those are all dave frankel's friends <laughs> probably that's probably true yes yeah. That was our in-depth review of the film The Rental. We'll take a short break and come back with a review of the film of the film Hereditary. Amun, as ik arbeid weer in schuur ein in weerreich. Weerreich. As ik zo opsel in mijn eigen In old country of Schlupske, I am ditch digger. As far as jobs in Schlupsko, it's pretty good. We are the Greenbounds, and we have American dream. I find good job in Pickle Factory. Sarah, I make this vow. One hundred years, our family will prosper. And then one day, everything changed. It's been 100 years. The pickle brine preserved him perfectly. You're too old to do that. The world has changed. Everyone I know is gone. We were able to track down a great grandson. Greenbaum. Greenbaum. <laughs> this is nuts. Walk past the cafe, but you don't eat when you live to... Your parents, where are they? They passed away. It was a car crash. You will tell me everything of their deaths, how their bodies died, their faces as the life left. We will bond over our pain. Mm -hmm. Oh no, love, you're not alone. I understand why you're a religious person, but I'm not. How do you grieve for dead parents? Doing okay. I have an idea. They start pickle business. That's a very stupid idea, Herschel. You have no wife, no children, mm. no friends, no job. You need help. I'm fine. You're not alone! We will become success. Wow. Ooh, it's very pungent. Mmm, yeah, that's straight from the devil. We will finally make their parents proud. Don't talk about my parents. You never met them! You have captivated the hearts of the entire world. I'm probably not best case scenario for what the family's become. In old country, we have saying. I'm sure this has aged well. If man does not throw punch, it is because this man secretly had pulled the alarm. Do something, Ben. Throw your punch. You know they cured polio, right? A guy named Jonas Salk. Was he Jew? He was this. I just wanted to give you a call because it looks like you're still getting some pretty important mail. Kate, just focus on the fact that you wrote a book. That is huge. That? Turn and show me your baby bump. Smile. Get 
guess where I am. Where? In Carbondale. Welcome back, right? David Kirkpatrick brought me down to do a reading. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Kate was in my very first class ever as a professor. How's your book doing? Not as good as I would have hoped. What would you think about teaching here? Teaching here? It would be nice to have you here again, Kate. Hey. Oh, hi. I used to live here. Seriously? Hey. We're having a party. You should come. I used to dance in this room like 15 years ago. I was in kindergarten 15 years ago. The whole thing is very restrained. I can go for a little restraint. See something? Yeah. What happened with you, your boyfriend? You mean my fiance? Were you hoping you guys would get back together? Oh, I'm so pathetic. Life is not like school, all right? It's all like possibility for you. Are you coming back? All right, we are back. That was a look at the trailers for An American Pickle and I Used to Go Here, which we are reviewing next week. And now Will and I are kicking off our series called Movies We Missed, in which we will be reviewing films that a lot of other people have seen, but Will and I have not. Since we reviewed a suspense film in the rental, we thought we would stick with the same genre and take a look at a at the film, a much better film, Hereditary. All right, so I was scared... I did not want to watch this film, but actually I was getting a haircut and uh, the gentleman cutting my hair said, oh, you got to watch this movie. It, it, made, it left me feeling dirty. And this is one of the scariest films I've seen. Not so much for the scares, but the way he it made him feel unsettled for days on end afterwards. So I was like, you know what? A lot of people talked about it and let's just let's just do it. Let's just watch this movie. So Will and I saw this through the Amazon watch party app. I made sure all my lights were on. I made sure that the sound was turned down and I made sure to watch it on as small a screen as possible. And it still scared me half to death. So the movie is about a grieving family. Uh, They're haunted by tragic and disturbing occurrences. That is an extremely vague synopsis. But let's get started with you, Mike. I know you watched this in the theater. What did you like about this film? So I actually enjoyed it more my second time through. Mm. So knowing the outcome and everything, my second time through coming through it, uh, there was a lot I missed on my first watch. A lot of signs that you would not know if you were seeing it for the first time. So um, that was cool on my second watch. Uh, by far, uh, Tony Collette, oh my gosh. Her acting yeah. in this was phenomenal. She stole the movie. She, like, you feel her pain in certain things and her anger, and she just sold it for me. Mm. Um, and then as far as the movie goes, unsettling, man. There are moments, and this is what I like about this uh, as far as a horror movie. It's not the jump scares that get you. Mm -hmm. It's not the guy comes behind and scares you. It's the moments where you're like, am I seeing that? 
you kind of have to like you know and then when you realize it it just sends like a shiver up your body and it's just there and you're we're watching it happen we're watching this character go through this thing um it was one of the most unsettling movies i have seen in quite a long time um Mm. but yeah that was i mean ari aster just knocked it out of the park as far as you know the pacing and um he really makes you feel like you're going through this whole tragedy with this family you can feel every second of it with them yeah um were you a fan of his other movie uh midsummer uh, it was all right. Yeah. I mean, and to be and to be honest, when I first saw Hereditary, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Okay. So there, as as much as there are great things about it, there are things that I just really didn't enjoy about it. So. Got it. Got it. Yeah. All right. What about you, Will? Man. Okay. So, first time watching this film, it it, it was shot beautifully. I think the the camera movement, the cinematography was on point, and it really upped the suspense level. Like the placement of actors within their environment always provided depth, and the and it just painted a beautiful picture, um, even when there was no dialogue. Like speaking of no dialogue, those silent moments between the actors were so freaking good. Like you can feel it so easily through the actors' eyes and their body language, and like following the story and trying to figure out the core of. Uh, trying to figure out the core of it it was widely frustrating and believable the film was paced so elegantly to really get like the hairs on your neck standing it was further reinforced by like the eerie yet freaking amazing soundtrack so i like yeah bravo to you know director ari oster and the film composer colin stretson and and the cinematographer you know uh powell pogorzelski i think that's how he says last name good job (laughs) uh (laughs) thanks um, I think the entire cast was chosen so well. The only thing I wished is that they would have utilized Gabriel Byrne's character more as the father. Mm-hmm. But other yeah. than that, Tony Collette, Millie Shapiro, and especially for me, Alex Wolf were astounding. Like Alex Wolf, who played the son Peter, yeah, freaking blew me away with his performance. Or like when it came to his expression of fear and terror, it wasn't over the top. He wasn't underwhelming. He was absolutely believable, and you can see it and and feel it. Like. I think in an interview, there was an interview I was watching actually up, uh, about when they were on doing the press junket for the film. Um, you know, the, the host was asking like, "How did you? So how did you prepare for this role?" And, and for for Alex Wolf, he said, "You know, it was such an amazing script that like I didn't like you know th- I didn't I didn't really want to like get th- this whole terror expression of terror and horror to be so typical right like I really felt something he said that like, he really felt something when he read the script and how it really s- kind of spiritually disturbed him you know what I mean mm-hmm. so it, like it didn't ha- he didn't have to scream or or like over express his body language like that the moments where he's just like shivering and just like you know when he's being hit by something like demonic like you can you, you just see him like where you're like holy crap holy crap what's going on with him like what's going on like you really feel like you're there experiencing his um situation so um it, it was amazing but so like once i figure out the core of this film like it, it was a story i've already seen and heard but the way it played out was great like i think the only twist was that uh, millie shapiro's character charlie was already possessed by the spirit demon called Payman, mm-hmm. but Payman needed to be transferred to her brother Peter. 
um, I felt spiritually disturbed and violated because these types of horror films are something that I question whether I should be really watching it in the first place as a man of faith, which I know the answer should be no. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Myron. No, kidding. <laughs> You're doomed now, Will. Sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Sorry, not sorry. No, no, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I will still say, when you when you told me Myron that I should still watch I should watch The Witch I'm still really don't don't watch that <laughs> that in my opinion so that for me there are scenes in movies that I will never forget and there's a couple in here and The Witch had a couple that actually I think disturbed me more towards the oh, end spiritually yeah. or like mentally physically but more like in what case I guess uh mentally spiritually yeah everything okay everything oh yeah, oh. yeah. so all right. man. So what I liked about this film, first off, you guys, I agree with you you both. An amazing, convincing performance from Toni Collette. She goes the full gambit from loving mother to someone losing their mind to someone trying to save their family. It's amazing to see her do all those things and have it not play as melodramatic. It's You're right there with her, and uh, I thought she did an amazing job. She should have gotten an Oscar nomination, and I'm kind of uh, upset that she didn't. Mm-hmm. An equally amazing performance by Alex Wolf, who before this movie, I just thought of him as the kid with a mole from Jumanji and uh, he is he is so much more than that um, great sure-handed directing from Ari Aster um, he was intentional with all of his framing and his camera moves just that first shot where yes. we're pushing into like that diorama and yes. then it becomes like true life and also that kind of framing makes us feel that uh, they're kind of puppets in a show and they may not even be fully in control of what happens to them which is kind yep. of scary yeah yep. Uh, all of the characters executed their roles within the story perfectly. One example that stuck out was the scene leading up to and coming up and coming after a car accident. The scenes were crafted masterfully, and the actor in it, Alex Wolf, was perfect, like, impeccable. It was just mm-hmm. amazing. Um, there are some seriously unsettling scenes that go beyond simple scares. This movie doesn't set up to, to jump scare you. It sets up to put images in front of you. And it just makes it look like it's a type of reality. And uh, some of the images, especially at the end, are some that I will probably not forget. (laughs) Uh, For me as a parent, the movie was so effective because it ties into so many things that worry us and cause conflict and keep us up at night. Uh, This movie goes into strained relationships with our parents, our conflicted feelings towards our kids. It's not always love. It's a combination between guilt and unconditional love and frustration and then feeling like we're not worthy and then feeling like our kids can be ungrateful and all that is just mixed up into being a parent you know also how we deal with grief in unhealthy ways memories from trauma that you know we still scare we still carry scars from and honestly afterwards this movie had me doing a lot of self-reflection in my own life on how i process things as as a father as a son and, and all these things yeah it's, it's kind of insane but to you. i was gonna say that hit you deep <laughs> yeah yeah and i think those are the best horror movies right um ones yeah. that we can resonate with the ones that portray our real life fears and that's kind of probably why the rental fell so short um and the ending wasn't a typical hollywood ending in fact i compare it to the wit to the ending of the witch in many ways it was effective and completely utterly unsettling <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's what I liked. Um, on to what we didn't like, if you want to go first, Mike. Yeah, um, so earlier when I was saying that my second time through, I really enjoyed it more. Um, I think it had a lot to do with 
my first time going in, I was expecting a film. Uh, I wanted more from it, I should say. So mm -hmm. when the endings revealed, I would say like the thing I didn't like the first time was the ending. I didn't like how I it just played out to be that. It almost felt like I'm watching Rosemary's Baby at the end mm -hmm. kind of thing. So first time going through and the ending happened, I was just like, oh, that's all it was. You know, like, yeah, it was a gr it was great up to that point. And then um, I just wanted more from it. But like I said, watching it through the second time, that didn't really bother me that much anymore. Mm -hmm. um, knowing how the outcome was going to be really made me look more into, uh, like you were saying, there's more to like Tony Collect's character building these miniaturettes, almost mm -hmm. like they're in this uh, non-escapable reality. Like no matter what they do, something will happen. And we see that throughout the film. Um, the other thing, Will, you already mentioned it. Uh, I wanted more from the father. I wanted more. I wanted to dive more into his character. And I have heard that um, Ari Aster had like the original cut had a whole bunch of footage of him and we dove more into his character. So hmm. I, I don't know if there is already a director's cut version or what, but um, if there is yeah. and you want to watch a four hour movie, uh, or even watch this again, <laughs> go for it. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Was he suffering from like depression or something? Cause I saw him take pills and was that maybe one of the reasons why he played it so aloof and kind of detached? What were you yeah, guys thoughts? So, so yeah, he, I mean, when this tragedy happens, you see Tony Collette's character and he's just like very just monotone, just it's all right. You know, like, so maybe he was i taking pills and just you know he would just wasn't there i guess like his his emotion was strong for his wife and the family yeah it was staying emotionally stable yeah. yeah yeah i guess that's i mean you have tony collette who's just you never know what yes. what yeah. she's gonna be so he kind of has to be the stronghold for the family yeah you know for both um his son and his wife so yeah, yeah. How about you, Will? What, what didn't you like? I, um, yeah, you know, as I said, like, as I'm going along with also uh, Mike, is that just utilizing Gabriel Byrne's character more. The only other little thing, too, that I, I and you and I discussed this, Myron, was, like, once um, when, when Alex's wolf character is driving <laughs> with, uh, his, with, with Millie, um, his younger sister, like, and obviously, like, she gets decapitated, basically, in, by driving. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Whoa. Sorry. Whoa. It's two okay. Years old people. Come on. Yeah. It's two years. It's been two years. Like, I'm just, how are you not in jail? Like, how, I, I, and I, I still think, like, that, even though he may be an underaged, like, that's still manslaughter. Like, that's still, that's a huge freaking crime. So that was my only thing, like, okay, well, because after that, what does he do? Like, I think you and I were, like, talking, like, while we're watching, like, is he seriously just going to his bedroom without saying anything? Is he seriously going to bed right now? Is he seriously not doing anything? Because he was super just poker-faced or just in, in, a, in a crazy state of shock. I think shock. he was in shock, yeah. Crazy state of yeah. shock that, you know, it was his mother that had to, like, find her in the car still. So. Yeah. To me, I, I was like, yeah. And he was like back in school. I don't know how the soon later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what the frick? Just, okay. That was my only thing that was like, I, I don't know if that, 
I mean, I kind of brushed it off, but that's still, it was still kind of there. I was like, I, I wish they would have kind of explained that a little bit. So yeah, it was just a little illogical in that point. So, okay. Got so, it. Got it. Yeah. Um, for me, for much of the first half of the movie, I thought it was a, a four star movie. And there were just a few things in that time that I didn't like. Um, first off, the church had no part in this movie. And I feel like when you're dealing with like things oh, yeah. like this, it needed to have some kind of a, a presence. And because it didn't, it made me feel like the characters were acting in an irrational manner. For example, Tony Collette's character, she goes to a, a grief, uh, how to deal with your grief type uh, a class, right? right? And then yeah. they, yeah, group therapy class. And then she's there and she's like, yeah, I didn't have a good relationship with my mom. Uh, my mom had like what disassociative identity disorder. My brother tried to kill him. My brother killed himself and he accused her of trying to put, you know, um, like spirits in him. Yeah. 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 And there's all this stuff. And as soon as weird, weird stuff would start happening to my family, it's like I would like say, peace out. I'm going to talk to the pastor <laughs> like now. <laughs> but no, just no. I mean, and it was, it was, they played it for laughs. You know, she's going through her whole family backstory. And then there's the reverse angle of the group therapy class staring at her like, oh my gosh, you're, you're weird. But at the <laughs> same time, like if all this stuff is happening, it's, it's too much to be coincidence. And I, I'm looking for some spiritual help as soon as possible if I'm trying to protect my family. So that was the only issue I had um, at the beginning. And the climax, even though it was well executed and completely unnerving, I couldn't Feel, I can help but feel that it also turned into a typical horror movie. There's one moment where I just completely groaned. And that's when during, you know, when all hell is breaking loose in the climax. One of our main characters, there's a wide shot of the entrance of the house. And there's also a staircase. It's kind of like door number one or door number two. <laughs> do you run up the staircase or do you run out the door? He runs up the staircase and goes straight to the attic. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. They did not just turn this into a, a typical horror movie. Mm -hmm. And that really, really kind of bothered me and took me out at first to the point where everything that happened after that almost didn't scare me as much because he did the typical horror movie thing. So yeah. Yeah. It, it bothered me. Um, but overall, still an amazingly executed movie and really, really, really scary. So. I I got I have to ask you. So after it's at the very end scene and if we're getting into spoilers we are but there's a scene when uh there's two decapitated bodies floating mm -hmm. up to the treehouse. Mhm. Mm did that was I the only one that laughed at that or was that did you find that humorous at all? <laughs> I don't think I saw that to you be didn't, honest. Oh, you don't see that. Oh, so it's no. it's when uh it's right after um Peter jumps out and then he like looks at the treehouse and the decapitated bodies are just floating. <laughs> and I was just, I remember seeing in theaters being like, are you kidding me right now? And just started giggling to myself like, oh my God, imagine seeing that. <laughs> but that was yeah. just, that was just my interpretation of it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Got it, like, got it. You know, it's creepy, but yet it's like, no, no, that's, definitely not like I'm just not a headless body just floating <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe that's just my twisted sense of humor <laughs> <laughs> well you do love horror movies i'm sure you've seen a ton so <laughs> yeah that's true i have yeah all right so now time for our final reviews of the film why don't you go go ahead and give it a, a shot first mike yeah i gave it a uh, 3.5 okay nice. um Solid. i yeah it was good um like i said first time i probably would have given it a three but second time through uh, it didn't really bother me as much as it did the first time. So 
Yeah, 2.5. And yeah, you it's will? crazy, right? Because like, I mean, it's it's interesting like how ratings can change when you watch a, like revisit a movie again, you know? Oh yeah. Like what you missed, kind of thing. So yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm with you. I give it a 3.5 as well. Um, I think that spiritual films, or oh, no, I know spiritual films always disturb me, and this one just kind of took it up a notch. So yeah. <laughs> Granted, I haven't seen The Witch, and I won't watch it. So I would assume that that would take it up even like out the freaking uh, it would just take me out into space of just how disturbing it would make me so yeah uh, yeah okay <laughs> i vacillated between three and three and a half stars i i don't know just the end when he ran out the when, when he ran up the stairs it made me feel like i was watching a typical slasher movie <laughs> and uh, it yeah. really took me out and i just can't forget that I, I don't know what it is but I, I think i'm gonna have to round down to three stars Whoa. it was a good horror movie with an amazing performance by tony collette <laughs> Director was sure-handed and intentional with all of his blocking, and the characters were fully fleshed out and behaved, for the most part, in a reasonable way. Unfortunately, yeah, the end just made, made the movie feel like a typical horror movie, and I wish, you know, I think they, they missed some moments, especially uh, they didn't explore the father's character enough, played by Gabriel Byrne, and also it would have been really great to see, like, uh, the church brought in uh, with a plot point. I think that would have explained a lot and, you know, plugged one of the, the problems I, I had with the film, so... Did you, so after seeing Hereditary, because there's like in Hereditary, there's moments where like, especially at the end, you're like, it's just darkness, but there's just things that like you think you see, but you're not sure. So that night you, when you went to bed, when the, all the lights were off, were you like, is that someone over there in the corner? No, I over that. there? Oh <laughs> I, I, I actually slept with the light on. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Honestly, for that very reason, <laughs> it's only when when I watch these kinds of films and they have those moment those scenes where yeah. they lit like so creepily, you know, like in the dark, whatever. And yeah, yeah, that's the only time. And I know, like, okay, this is BS. Get that out of your head. Yeah, like, just go to bed. Yeah, there's no one in your closet standing there. Like it's yeah. just like, yeah. And then you hear like the floor creak, and you're like, okay, that was something. Okay, right? I get a no okay. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> My closet will like kink, and you'll hear this boom like that. But uh -huh. it's it's normal because every time I close and open the in the closet, you know sometimes you can get kinked up somehow, and then it's just yeah. gravity will just pull it down. But it comes at the worst time sometimes when I'm watching a movie like this, and then I hear it, like I'm like f this, this, is, <laughs> this is annoying. Okay, it's not real. It's not. Oh real, yeah. So. I think after after these movies, I turn into the best Christian of all time. Like, I have I have like the holy water out, you know. Got my Bible next. To yeah, me. I go. All right, all right. I go back to like. Tonight. Yeah, exactly. All right, that was our episode for the day. Thanks so much to Mike for being a part of this episode. Woo! Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, please let us know when your podcast is up, and our and our, our fans can go ahead, and our listeners can listen to it. Uh, yeah, we'll let everyone know when it's available. Appreciate and uh, we will be back next week with the review of the films in American Pickle and I used to go here. Mike, we would love it if you can come back in sometime in the future. If we had other things we wanted to review with you, would you be open to that? Anytime you want me, I'll be here. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Until then, make sure you check around your corners and keep all the lights on in your house. And when you <laughs> sleep, make sure you say a prayer or two beforehand. And holy water. Holy yes. water. <laughs> yes. Take care, yeah. everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you.